You're listening to Working Music, the podcast that talks about anything to do with the music industry in Australia and across the globe. This is episode number nine, recorded September 9, 2020. Don't lose the plot. Enjoy. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Working Music. Getting close to that big number 10 episode coming up real soon. But right now, we're at number nine. And uh, not too far off the double digits. Flying solo again this week, but uh, nonetheless, always got something to talk about. And this week, I'm going to talk about something with my production hat on, as opposed to recording or musician hat. Um, We're going to talk about stage plots slash tech writers. Uh, And the reason I bring this up is uh, finally, you know, during all this COVID uh, lockdown stuff, work's been very few and far between, but last weekend I actually got to get back again behind a console for the first time in six months. Um, it certainly was enjoyable to uh, be back at it again and be uh, feeling useful, so to speak. But uh, what what came across my console last weekend, of course, is... Another one of these famous band stage plots, tech writers, whatever you call it, uh, stage layout um, that the, the bands supply to venues that have in-house production, just to give them a bit of a heads up um, what their requirements are and what their stage layout is um, so they can prepare, so they can be prepared. Um so, you know, they're, they're, they're a great tool and they're a document that, you know, from my perspective, uh, every audio engineer or stagehand uh, or whoever's in charge of that part of the stage, fallback guy, whatever, uh, very sought after document because they provide a lot of uh, important details for the production crew so they can be ready when the band arrives to save wasting time. However, these documents are not valuable in the slightest as soon as they're out of date. They're not valuable in the slightest if they're inaccurate and they provide incorrect information. And let me tell you, I'd like to say nine times out of ten, they do provide incorrect information at least from my experience. Uh, And the reason being is generally things change in bands. Uh, Members leave, new members join. Nobody ever thinks to update the tech writer. And uh, what happens is, you know, the tech writer goes out to the theatres or the, the venues, whoever's hosting the show. The band turns up and, you know, the... The production crew were like, yep, we're all ready for you. We've got everything all set up the way you, you you needed it, blah, blah, blah. And the band walks on and goes, oh, no, that's not right. That's supposed to be here and we don't need that anymore. And, oh, now we've got this and blah, blah, blah. And, and we're like, what? but this is what's on your tech writer. And the guy, oh, can I have a look at that? So you show him, oh, no, 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 that, that's six months old, that one. We don't, you know, he does, he's not in the band anymore. And, blah, blah. and this happens, like, seriously more often than not. Extremely frustrating for production crew. 
because um, A, they've wasted time doing stuff that they didn't need to do. B, they're now behind schedule uh, in terms of being ready for sound check. So, you know, really, really, really frustrating. And another frustrating thing is, especially with one that came across my desk last weekend, is uh, a stage layout. I don't know what this means to some people, but it's pretty obvious to at least one band in particular or whoever do it did their stage layout that uh, to them the stage layout is simply where each person stands on the stage. Here's a square box. There's a circle for the bass player. There's a circle for the drums. There's a circle for the keyboard player, a circle for the guitarist. That's it. That's my stage layout. What an absolute useless piece of crap document that is. Um, I really highly recommend any any bands, musicians, bands, solo, even a soloist, you know, whatever you are, if you're an act, do some research and find out what a professional stage layout looks like on paper. Um, and secondly, always include an input list. Now, when I say an input list, a simple list, one, two, however, whatever it is, starting, number one, kick drum, number two, snare, number three, hi-hat, right through of all the uh, the inputs that you believe your band requires to put on its performance. Um, some little tips. We don't need to know the singer's name, the guitarist's name, the Drummers, we don't, names not important to production crew because we'll forget them two minutes after we read the document. Um, so um, basically it goes like this. Um, <clears throat> if you're the guitarist, well, then you're the guitarist. If you're the keyboard player, you're the keyboard player. doesn't matter what your name is, Dave, Tom, Bill, you know, Kate, whatever – you're the keyboard player. Bass player, you're the bass player. Um, if you're the main singer in the band, chances are your name is now Vox 2. And you know most singers will be like, oh, but I'm the mains man and I should be number one. Well, unfortunately, no, you stand in the middle of the stage and if the guy to your right is also a singer, he becomes Vox 1. That's just how it works. Okay, everything works in the perspective of the production land. So we've got Vox 1, 2, 3, 4, however many there are. Same as Ox Sends or Monitor Sends, 1, 2, 3, 4. And from our perspective, when we look at the stage, we go from left to right across the front of the stage. Vox 1, um, Monitor Send or Ox 1, Vox 2, so on. You get the idea. Um, that's what we need to know. Um, simple as that. Um, so yes, definitely an input list is an absolute gem of an item for us to have because straight away the audio guy can just look at that and go, right, okay, yep, I need 18 channels, great. And then he can just scan through it, look at what those channels are and go, yep, I know what mics I need for all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and off he goes. Um, correct stage layout. Now, now, a stage plot shows us, yes, it shows us where each individual p 
person or musician needs to be situated on the stage. But it also shows us things like um, who requires power. Is there power needed for the guitarist at the front of the stage? Does he have pedals? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe um, and he doesn't need power. If the bass player stand at the front of the stage, does he need power there? We, you know, those little details, very important. So we know what needs to be where. Um, again, who's got a singing mic? Vox one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Generally, your drummer will always be last. Um, so number them accordingly. Um, what else do we need to know? Um, do we, you know, um, who has guitar amps, who's running straight out of pedals, that sort of stuff can be conveyed very simply on a stage plot just with a picture of an amp or simply, you know, a something that says XLR straight out of pedals, you know, no amp, all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah. Do some research online. There are some great apps and websites to help you create really professional-looking stage plots that give a really good visual representation of how you're expecting the stage to look, even down to details of, you know, if you're requiring a drum riser, you can put a drum riser on there. Um, All sorts of little details like that. But most importantly... It's really important to keep these up to date. If somebody leaves the band, scrap that one, make a new one and make sure it goes to all the people who need it. So if you've got management, make sure they have the latest one. Put a date at the top of it. Always date so you know when the last change was made. And that way, because quite often it can happen that a venue can suddenly end up with two different stage plots because two different people have decided they'll send it through. How do they figure out which one's the right one without having to call a dozen people? Really simple. Whichever one's got the latest date on it, that's the one they'll go off of. So really important, put a date on your stage plot tech writers and make sure they're up to date all the time and make sure that agents or whoever is sending these out on your behalf it's your job to make sure that they've got the latest one and they're sending out the right one. Um, this is even more important when it comes to festivals where changeover times are really minimal and you've got stage crew who, you know, th- th- it's their job to make sure everything runs as smoothly as possible, but it's your job to make sure they've got the right information to do that. And, you know, if, you, if you've provided them with the wrong information and then you expect them to suddenly pull a rabbit out of the hat and make everything perfect for you in, in you know, 10, 15-minute changeover, sometimes that's just not going to happen. And you know what? It's not their fault. So, you know, yeah, you've, got, you've got to take a bit of responsibility for these sort of things and make sure that you're giving out the correct information to help make your gig run as smoothly as possible to help the production crew run as smoothly as possible. If you give them the right information and they can do their job as efficiently as possible, they're going to love you, they're going to look after you, you're going to have a better gig, you're not going to have to worry about anything, and you just know it's going to be right. So, yeah, that, that, that's basically my tip this week. Stage plots, get them right, put out the right information. If you don't know what you're doing, 
The internet is full of valuable information. Search, have a look at other people's. And, you know, in undoubtedly you're going to find a huge array of different types of um, stage layouts online that, that people have done, and it'll be pretty obvious which one is better than another and which ones you should be aiming for. Uh, if you want to be treated as a professional, you want to look like a professional right from the get-go. And the first impression that people are going to get of you is when all that documentation comes through before the show even starts, before anyone's even met you. If you've got all your T's crossed and your I's dotted, then, you know, life will go a lot smoother at your gigs. And, uh, yeah, what can I say? Look after your production people and they'll look after you. Um, Simple as that. Um, you know, as we've we all know during during this uh, horrible time that we're, the production people or we are in at, at the moment with very little work, uh, but eventually it will come back. And you know, the production creep crew, you know, we, we're the ones that make the show happen. You guys get you know, musicians. Yep, you get up there and you do your stuff. But without us, ain't nobody going to hear you or see you. So that's my tip and uh, my two cents worth for this week. Um, Not a really long show, just a short one. And every time I come up with something new, I might uh, even put out more frequent shows, Um, especially while I'm on my own. Not too much to sort of banter about and chat about with other people. But uh, good news is, you know, some things are starting to open up out there. There's... uh, you know, friends of mine are, are gigging again and things are slowly starting to open. I don't know how long it's going to stay that way. We're, we're, we're kind of on a bit of a seesaw at the moment, teetering on the edge. I'm not sure if it's going to go one way or the other. We're all really hoping it'll keep going forward and it'll keep getting better. But, you know, as we've seen in Victoria, it just you just never know. It, it can turn on a dime so quickly and we can be heading down the wrong path again so i really hope it does uh, keep gradually opening up and uh, more work starts coming back for everybody um, in the industry um, all over the world we definitely need to to get things open again because there's a lot of people right now who are suffering and hurting and you know just want to get back to work, want to, want to do what they do, want to do what they do best. And unfortunately, our industry requires um, groups, large groups of people. Um, but I think we're, we're, we're slowly finding a way out. We're slowly making changes um, and coming up with ways that we can still put on performances in a safer, COVID-safe environment, I guess. I don't know how that's going to, going to work going forward with the theatre shows, because you know, as we know, you know theatres are fairly compact as they are, just like a picture theatre. Uh, and, you know, I guess 
there's going to have to be spacing between individual groups, which which kind of means you know most theatres are going to be hard pushed to even get to fifty percent capacity. Um, that that makes a lot harder for touring acts to make it viable to especially to come to places like Australia because the, the the cost of getting here to do a tour in itself is is expensive so yeah what whatever the future holds I don't know we'll just have to wait and see but you know you've, you've got to stay focused and you've got to stay positive and um, necessity is the mother of all invention we'll come up with new ways other ways new ideas um, and you know who knows where we'll all be in 12 months and how we'll be doing things but uh, you can guarantee that one way or another we'll still be doing something so that's about it so I hope you all have uh, a lovely week ahead I hope it's uh, more gigs open up, come your way, and the world of music can slowly get back on track. So thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week with another episode of Work and Music. Bye-bye. <laughs>